98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Alex Price. The headlines. The first sale of express rail tickets is hit by delays and complaints. Nursing home staff say they've yet to see pay rises despite a multi-million dollar government handout. And a suicide prevention expert warns that more effort is needed to safeguard school children's mental health. The first tickets for the express rail link to Guangzhou went on sale this morning, but many people were annoyed by long delays and the way the queues were handled. Jimmy Choi reports. Hundreds of people were waiting in line at the West Kowloon terminus, with some arriving at the station as early as four o'clock in the morning, hours before sales open at eight. Anthony, an Australian who's lived in Hong Kong for 17 years, says he waited for two and a half hours but still couldn't buy a ticket. He blamed the MTL for failing to take timely steps to thin out the crowd. I'm really, really very disappointed with the arrangement, particularly the fact that they know that hundreds of people will come and they have 28 counters. Look in the line, look around, look at how many elderly people are here, how many people with children are here trying to buy tickets before they sell out and how are they being looked after. You have these corrals which in my country, in Australia, and I've lived here for 17 years, so this is my home too. This is what we use when we're herding sheep and cattle before we slaughter them. The MTL's operations director, Eddie Lau, admitted things did not go perfectly on the first morning of sales. We have the new uh, ticketing system. That ticketing system has interface with other systems. What we observe today is there is some uh, interface things that needed to be smoothed out. And therefore, during the process, we, we did observe and uh, there is an occasion that the processing time is longer than we expected. And also because this is a new system operated by our new staff. So therefore, it also takes time for our staff to familiarize with the system. RTHK journalist reported it took staff 13 minutes to process a transaction for three return tickets to Guangzhou South, excluding time spent waiting in line. A bus driver has been given a 20-month prison sentence for dangerous driving, causing a pedestrian's death two years ago. Leung Wai Kong, who continued working despite feeling ill, drove a KMB bus onto a pavement in Chimsa Choi and hit a 26-year-old woman who later died. In sentencing, District Judge Frankie Yu said Mr Leung took a risk driving the bus despite having vomited twice. The judge said Mr Leung neglected the safety of other road users and the accident could have been worse if it weren't for the fact that it happened early in the morning. A group of caregivers who work with the elderly or in nursing homes are complaining they have yet to see pay rises, despite the government giving $325 million to charities specifically for better pay. The Community Care and Nursing Home Workers General Union says about 20 members have told them that their organisations had refused to adjust their pay or ignored written questions about pay since the funds were handed down in June. Isaac Zhang, the union's organising secretary, says the government is not doing enough to monitor how taxpayers' money is spent. Government should have the role to monitor how these funding should be used. Is it used accurately to increase the salaries of the caregiver or just something other else we don't know? A suicide prevention expert from the University of Hong Kong says simply easing academic pressure isn't enough to combat student suicides. Professor Paul Yip from the Centre for Suicide Research and Prevention says that while the rate here has come down from a historical high of 1,200 in 2003 to 900 last year, there's still an increasing trend of suicide among young people. He was commenting on today's theme of working together for World Suicide Prevention Day. Professor Yip says the causes of suicides among young people are complex. There's been no I think we do need the stakeholders, I think, to work together, I think, to improve the situation. 
For example, when we talk about the suicide among the school children, I think the academic pressure, yes, indeed, it is one of the significant ones. But however, we also cannot ignore, I think, the lack of social support and also, I think, the hopelessness, I think, among our school children and how to improve the life chances of these young people. The government has appointed an aviation professional to head up the city's new independent aircraft investigation body. Darren Straker's appointment as Chief Inspector of Accidents also marks the formal establishment of the new Air Accident Investigation Authority, which will take over investigative duties from the Civil Aviation Department. This brings Hong Kong into line with regulations set out by the International Civil Aviation Organization, which requires such bodies to be independent. WWF Hong Kong has warned of a potentially serious threat to the dwindling number of Chinese white dolphins and finless porpoises if a liquefied natural gas terminal south of Lantau goes ahead. The environmental group is calling on authorities to defer approval of the project's environmental impact assessment report. It says the noise from driving dozens of piles into the seafloor could drive the animals from their habitats, disorientate them with potentially fatal results. Samantha Lee is the group's assistant director of Oceans Conservation. It would alter their behavior. For example, they will less easy to uh, catch the prey, or also even may abandon the habitats. If they are traveling in some busy marine traffic area, they could not really listen clear to uh, the approaching vessels, and it could certainly increase their collision rates from the vessel and cause injuries or even death. A CLP power spokesman said the company's own assessment suggests the impact on the animals will be moderate, but will be alleviated by proposed mitigation measures. Alibaba Group says founder Jack Ma will step down as chairman on September the 10th next year and be succeeded by Daniel Zhang, the company's CEO. Alibaba says Mr Ma will remain a member of the group with the right to nominate a majority of the company's board of directors. Mr Ma, who's one of the world's richest entrepreneurs, is a former English teacher who founded the company in 1999. He said he wants to step down in order to spend more time on philanthropic activities. The charity Save the Children estimates that more than half a million boys and girls under five will die of hunger this year in countries plagued by conflict, as feuding parties deliberately block humanitarian aid. The increase is largely due to fighting in South Sudan, Yemen, Mali and Syria. Here's the BBC's James Landale. Save the Children blames the usual underfunding of United Nations and other humanitarian programmes. But it also says that more and more warring parties are deliberately preventing the flow of emergency aid. The charity says that, according to UN data, there were 1,460 occasions last year when access to humanitarian aid was denied in conflict zones. That's double the number since 2012. And a group of British MPs have criticised the government's intervention in the Syrian conflict as inadequate, saying Britain shared responsibility for atrocities committed there. A report by a parliamentary committee on foreign affairs concluded that the price of Britain's failure to protect civilians in Syria has been unacceptably high. Here's the BBC's Paul Adams. The MPs want the government to acknowledge its failings in Syria and develop what they call a comprehensive atrocity prevention strategy, including guidelines for the use of force in cases of extreme humanitarian distress. The Foreign Secretary, Jeremy Hunt, says Britain has not been a bystander, taking a lead on chemical weapons and joining the fight against so-called Islamic State. And he points out that it was, after all, Parliament that voted against military involvement five years ago. 
The head of America's CBS television network has announced his resignation following allegations of sexual harassment. Reports published by the New Yorker magazine say a number of women have accused Les Moonves of inappropriate behaviour, including sexual assault. Here's the BBC's Chris Buckler. Mr Moonves, who denies any wrongdoing, has agreed a leaving settlement thought to be in the region of $100 million. But CBS says $20 million of that money will be donated to organisations that support the Me Too movement and equality for women in the workplace. The remaining payment will depend on the outcome of an independent investigation into the allegations. The Swedish general election has left the two main political blocs almost tied, with an anti-immigration party making gains on its previous results. With nearly all ballots counted, the governing centre-left coalition is marginally ahead of its centre-right alliance rivals. Journalist Maddie Savage, who's in Stockholm, says predictions that the nationalist Sweden Democrats would get up to 25% of the vote and become the second largest party didn't happen. They've got just under 18% putting them in third place, but still a big jump since the last election in 2014 when they got just under 13%. And pictures from their rally showing a very jubilant leader, Jimmy Orkerson. But the two main blocks, the centre-left and the centre-right, they've essentially reached a deadlock, both of them getting around 40% uh, of the vote, which leaves them in a very tricky position. Neither of them has anywhere close to a majority in order to form a coalition government. In Germany, hundreds of far-right supporters have been protesting in the town of Kurtan, where a 22-year-old German man died after a street fight with Afghan migrants. Two Afghan suspects have been arrested. A local pastor there, Martin Olenishi, said the incident had similarities with the situation in the city of Chemintz, where immigrants were targeted after a German man was stabbed to death last month. It's always a kind of danger. We just had Chemnitz. And so things could get out of hand, and I believe nobody wants that. That's why we're trying to appease all sides and to talk to people and tell them it's not the moment to let things escalate. I think this might be the most important thing to do now. Dozens of people have been detained across Russia at protests against plans to raise the retirement age by five years. There's widespread discontent over the reforms. President Vladimir Putin says they're essential, but they've made his popularity rating slide to its lowest level for years. Here's the BBC's Sarah Rainsford. In Moscow, as some were celebrating City Day with a street ballet... Just metres away, others came out chanting slogans against President Putin. This was just one of dozens of rallies across the country against the plan to raise the retirement age. Last week, Vladimir Putin told Russians the current system was unsustainable. He called the reform a matter of national security and asked for understanding. But the polls and these protests show he's failed to convince them. Financial news now and in currencies, the US dollar is trading at 110.99 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar 15 cents and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 13 cents. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 26,733, 253 points down on the previous close, turnover standing at 52 billion dollars. And now with a look at the latest sports news, here's Adam Jung. 
We start with tennis. Novak Djokovic has won the U.S. Open men's singles title. He beat Juan Martin Del Potro in three sets in the final in New York. Djokovic picked up his 14th Grand Slam title and second in a row by getting past the 2009 champion, winning 6-3, 7-6-6-3. Del Potro was in tears after defeat. He played only five matches back in 2015 because of a wrist injury that required surgery four times. As for Djokovic, he also overcame some personal struggles to get to this stage. He missed last year's US Open because of an elbow problem, but now his 14th major put him level with Pete Sampras for third on the all-time list. He trails only Roger Federer's 20 and Rafael Nadal's 17. On to football now. The former Manchester United winger Ryan Giggs says he's still learning as a manager after his Wales team lost 2-0 to Denmark in football's UEFA Nations League. It's a learning curve in so many ways, preparing for the game. You know, for me, the players can, who can do it in a short space of time. So it's my fifth game in charge, so um, I'm happy with the progress that we're making. We took the plaudits on Thursday. Now we've got to obviously answer the questions on on a defeat as well. Both goals in that match came from Christian Eriksen. Elsewhere, Olivier Giroud scored the winner as France beat Netherlands 2-1. To NFL football, the Green Bay Packers overcame a 20-point deficit to beat the Chicago Bears 24-23 thanks to a remarkable display by their quarterback Aaron Rodgers. The two-time MVP left the game with a knee injury but came back to throw three touchdown passes in the second half. A Bears defense featuring the newly acquired Khalil Mack dominated most of the game. Rodgers figured them out in the fourth quarter and finished the night with 286 passing yards while getting the Packers' season off to a winning start. Elsewhere, Kirk Cousins passed for two touchdowns on his Minnesota Vikings debut in a 24-16 win over the San Francisco 49ers. Niners quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo lost for the first time in eight games as an NFL starter. His former team, the New England Patriots, were 27-20 winners over the Houston Texans, and the Pittsburgh Steelers failed to beat the Cleveland Browns. That game finished tied at 21. The Browns haven't won a game since 2016. And finally, in baseball, Justin Turner hit two home runs as the L.A. Dodgers beat the Colorado Rockies 9-6 in a battle between the top two teams in the National League West. Turner had four hits on the night while his team had 14 in total. The win moved the Dodgers to within a half game of the Rockies, who are looking to win the division for the first time in club history. And as you look at sports. Thanks, Adam Chung, there. And now to end the news, a reminder of our top stories. The first sale of express rail tickets is hit by delays and complaints. Nursing home staff say they've yet to see pay rises despite a multi-million dollar government handout. And a suicide prevention expert warns that more effort is needed to safeguard the mental health of school children. The news from RTHK. Ooh, RTHK, Radio 3.